time to buy in. You're listening to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Now, let's start the hour. Welcome to this week's episode of the Noble Capital Radio Hour, where we explore income strategies for the modern financial landscape. I'm Sean Harris. And to the left of me is the samurai of savings, the sensei of your IRA, the Jackie Chan of your income plan, Jess <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu Hamill. Good morning, man. I love it. That's so, that's so cool. And to my right... He holds a black belt in business, the Grand Master of Main Street, the Bruce Lee of financial security, Jaden the Dragon Newman. <laughs> Boom. Welcome to the Nailed airwaves, it, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. It was a great ride in. Wow. Let's get done so I can go ride. <laughs> how was everybody's week? Awesome. I had a great week. Fantastic. You know how I know that spring is here? Because I have a great week. Allergies, man. You know, living in Austin, Texas, the allergies are really bad, but as soon as spring hits, it's just like, mm. It's different for everybody. It got me November, December, I couldn't breathe, and I'm okay for the most part now. Man, it's killing me today, so I'll try to keep the sniffles to a minimum, but how about you, Jaden? Are you having any allergy issues? No, I'm not. Um, you might not know this about me, but we raise bees on our property oh, okay. for the ag exemption. Yeah. Um, a special little tax tax deduction play, and we're saving the tax world. Play. I like it. Um that's right. But the bee, when we eat the honey, um, it kind of builds up our immunity That's what to the, the local uh, allergy. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll try to talk the missus into letting go of a, a jar of honey for you. She's pretty stingy with it, though. I can imagine, but that would be helpful. And any help is much appreciated. So for those of you who may be first-time listeners, we are Noble Capital Wealth Management. We're a financial advising and income planning firm based here in Austin, Texas. And you can actually come meet with us or you can attend one of our retirement blueprint dinners that we hold a couple times a month. The next one's coming up on March 26th. That's a Tuesday at Trulux. If you're interested, just go to noblecapital.com and click on Retirement Dinners, and you can RSVP right there on the website. So last week's episode was the one-legged stool. We were talking about the different income streams for retirement planning and how that's changed over the decades. We got that up to three legs, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, well, I think we we ended up with, uh, you know, optimally like seven or eight legs on the the retirement income stool. And, uh, you know, if you are curious about how to how to do that again you can always come see us noblecapital.com that's good sean you can't tip an eight-legged stool nope nope you can't so i've got a joke for you guys let's you do ready? it ready all right what's bruce lee's favorite drink mm, sake i was about to say rice sake <laughs> it's water <laughs> he gets better every week yeah <laughs> that was good yeah so 
that actually kind of segues into today's topic. The name of today's episode is Financial Kung Fu. And we are actually going to be revealing one of the biggest secrets in income planning in the industry that a lot of people don't know about. I can't wait to hear it. But on that note, I do have a quote from Bruce Lee that I think kind of embodies the topic. So he says, the stiffest tree is most easily cracked while the bamboo or willow survives by bending with the wind. So to me, that talks about flexibility and it talks about a certain level of control. I like that. I have these conversations with Jonathan all the time trying to explain metallurgy to him. When you case harden some steel, it breaks. It's not stronger. And he's like, but if it's stronger, why does it break? So you yeah. just, you nailed it. Absolutely. What did he, what did Bruce Lee say? Flow like water, be like water. Something right? like that. Don't, yeah. don't be rigid. But this, this really fits in because we're talking about flexibility and control. And the main topic we're going to dive into is IRA accounts, individual retirement accounts. And of course, there's one particular IRA account that has more flexibility and control than all of the others. Um, but we will get into that in just a minute. The reason I wanted to frame it by talking about Kung Fu is because I used to take Kung Fu and the sensei at the dojo used to tell us that the definition of Kung Fu is a depth of knowledge. And I think that that really holds, holds true here because you guys have a real depth of knowledge about the financial industry and about income planning and retirement planning. So the idea is you can have a breadth of knowledge about a whole lot of different subjects, but that's not Kung Fu. Kung Fu is your depth of knowledge about a specific subject. So guys, bring me some Kung Fu about IRAs. Let's, let's break it down. I mean, just, just the basics, you know, kind of real quick, what's an IRA and why do we use them today? So an IRA is, is technically it's an individual retirement account. Um, the purpose of that is the government's way to try to encourage us to save money for retirement. Um, there are a couple of different structures on that um, and they have different rules. There's the 59 and a half, there's a 70 and a half uh, when you have to start taking it and we can discuss those here in a minute. But for the most part, it's pretty straight up. It's an individual retirement account. So it's an account that you set up to use in retirement that is more than just a regular account that you just happen to be using for retirement, if that makes sense. Okay. That's good, Jess. I was was just thinking when you were talking, Sean, you know, if, if you were to ask the, the listeners, what, what, what do you think an IRA, is, as far as the, the average investor's perception of the reason why they have an IRA, is it A, to have a disciplined uh, vehicle to save money into for retirement? Or B, is it a way to control your, your taxes uh, mm-hmm. during your accumulation years and in, in, into and after retirement? What do you think most people would say, Jess? I would say 80% at least go the tax route. They would say that, right? Yeah, the they're tax better, they're going to kick the can down the road and deal with it at 70. And, and the truth, though, about it is in reality what you find is that it's it's ends up being more of a disciplined savings vehicle because there's there's somewhat of a myth associated with IRAs in terms of contributing to IRAs. Let's just talk about a traditional IRA for a minute, Jess. If if I'm getting a you know, if I'm in my prime earning years and I'm bringing in some good income, W2 income from my job, uh, I I can contribute to a 401k or an IRA, a, a tax-deferred retirement account, and that money that I contribute is deducted from my income and I don't pay taxes on it. 
So why why would I lower my tax brackets now d- during my prime earning years if it you know I would I, you would think I would have an expectation that when I do draw those those dollars out of the IRA later in retirement I'm going to be in a lower tax bracket. Right. But the the truth of the matter is that's, the, that hasn't been that's happening. not the clients we sit down with are 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 taking equal to or more money in retirement than they did when they were in their in their prime earning years. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I, I have that conversation at least three times a week. You know, there, depending on your income level, that actually can work out pretty good for you. Um, but at the level of income that we're usually dealing with around here, it, it's typically not. And that whole notion came out, you know, forty years ago, with exactly what you said. the The idea was, I will be retired, therefore I'm not working, therefore I'll be in a lower tax bracket. And that was back in the Jimmy Carter administration. You know, seventy nine percent on the high end of it. Nobody expected brackets to come down. We're still in some of the lowest tax rates that we've ever been in the history of the country. Um, but what is happening is is exactly that. People are still making more money, so they're still paying in the higher tax bracket. Right. So the the result of it is is that they come to see you, Justin. They got all this money. They thought they've 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 been a good boy or a good girl. Put all this money into this tax deferred account, and really, it turns out it's just a tax time bomb, and it's going to go off at age what. Seventy and a half. Seventy and a half. Yep. And and they're gonna have to figure out how to pay taxes at that age. And that that's one of the things that you help solve that I think a lot of people appreciate. And that's about, exactly about what it's it's like when my daughter used to bring me a necklace that's all tangled up in a wad and I would spend two hours untangling and getting back to where it should be. That's that's what I pretty much do on a daily basis here. Sean, we kinda went on a bunny trail there, but <laughs> no, that's, are, are you still with us? That's perfect, but I was just gonna ask, uh, being the kind of financial fool in the room here next to you two guys. I don't have an IRA. I have a 401k, and I think people are maybe even more familiar with 401ks. Maybe not. But the difference between 401k and IRA is? The 401k is basically an employer-sponsored IRA. Um, the other, There's two major advantages to it. The, the maximum you can put into a 401k is 25000 per year versus 7000 for my age on an IRA. And you can have employer matching, whereas with an IRA, you're just putting your own money into it. Okay, so basically employer contributions? Yeah. In, in higher backs. That's right. But they both work the same. They're tax deferred. You can't pull money out until you're 59 and a half, and then you're going to be forced to take distributions at 70 and a half. So those are almost synonymous in our world by the time we're sitting down with the client. Okay. Well, in the next segment, we are going to get a little bit more into the details of the different types of IRAs. And... We have something special in store for you. We're actually going to be revealing the master's ancient secret to IRAs for your income plan. So hold on, folks. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Talk 1370. You're tuned in. To the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Welcome back to the show. We've been discussing IRA accounts, some of the different types, and we're going to teach you about a little known ancient secret to utilizing your IRA for your retirement income plan. So obviously we kind of skimmed the surface in the the last segment about IRAs. Why did IRAs kind of become one of the mainstays of, of retirement income? Mostly for the tax deferred option. I mean, that was the by far the the biggest reason. I mean, you could save or you could save tax deferred. It made sense a while back in the in the overall plan, and it still does for a lot of people. 
Um, there just are different ways to skin that cat, obviously. And for the higher net worth and higher income brackets, it's not always the best way. Okay. Yeah, for our clients, Sean, what what we see is they usually come to us. Be, be, we talk about this a lot on the show. The, most of our clients don't have pensions. You know, those are a thing of the past. Mm. So when they're coming to us, they typically have built up sizable 401ks or tax-deferred retirement accounts, okay? And those naturally get converted to a an, an IRA when you do a 401k rollover mm-hmm. and and then you know the money can then be invested into you know stock into a brokerage account that's very common into stock or you know people will have a sometimes they'll have IRAs in CDs or annuities or or you know a number of different mainstream vehicles so the reason they've become such a main a staple in, in people's retirement portfolios is because that is the the main way that people save for retirement now is through their employer sponsored 401k which becomes an IRA when it's rolled over okay so you can start it as an IRA uh, which which some people do but many more people contribute into a 401k or similar vehicle and then and then go ahead and do a rollover into an IRA and the other part of that is you can, by maxing out your 401k, you can still contribute up to the max in the IRA at the same time. So when you do retire from that job, then you've already got an IRA that you've been working on one side and you can roll a 401k over into it as well. So my understanding is that 401ks, for example, really became a primary mode for saving for retirement right around in the 80s when pensions were starting to kind of fall off the map. Is that the same for IRAs, or have they been around for longer? I mean, they, they, the birth of the 401k was more about the tax play than the pension going away, because there, okay. there still were pensions back in the 80s. Sure. Um, it, was, it was definitely a, a way to structure something so that you could put money away, make it a little bit of a pain to get it out, a little bit more painful. you got to take a, a penalty if you want to access it before 59 and a half, so it was a motivation to keep it going in there. Um, but I think the main thing was was tax. It was all tax. Everybody thought they were going to be, you know, making no money in retirement, so they would be in a super low tax bracket. It just didn't work out that way. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And you know, that's so. What what Jess is hitting on is right on. It's 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 been a way to lower your taxable income and save money, knock out two birds with one stone. And you know, you have the SEP IRA, for example, which is a self employment. IRA, okay, and you can contribute quite a bit to that one. There's there's pretty high limits there to, to really knock down your your taxable income as as a business owner. So that's why people use them. But then again, I got to come back to what I said in the first segment. Once you build up all that money that's never been taxed in 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 this account, there's a day of reckoning coming, and or should I say a day of wrecking um, <laughs> when when the IRS is going to want you to start drain pulling those the, those ta- untaxed dollars out and paying taxes whether you want to or not so when is that when uncle sam comes knocking on your door it's the tax year in which you become 70 and a half so a lot of people hear that 70 and a half and they think that six months after their 70th birthday all of a sudden we're paying tax and that's really not what it means so if your birthday is in february you become 70 and a half the same year you become 70 therefore you start having to deal with it that year if your birthday is in say november you turn 70, you don't turn 70 and a half till the next year, so you're not dealing with it till the following April after that. And so that's what is referred to as 
RMDs, right? Required minimum distribution, that's correct. That's right. And there's a way that those are calculated. We help clients with it all the time, help them determine how much their their RMDs need to be. And what that ends up meaning is, you know, essentially how much do they need to withdraw from their tax-deferred IRA, pay taxes on, and then either spend the the money they they had the withdrawal from or move it over into what's called non-qualified money after tax money. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, that's a very reactive process because there wasn't planning and consideration that went into it. That's one of the first things we want to talk about when we talk about tax planning is do not be blindsided by RMD, by age 70 and a half yeah. required minimum distribution. There's nothing more disappointing for me than, than clients that are already well into the retirement and they come in and they've got all the income they need and now all of a sudden they have to take money out just for the privilege of paying tax on it. If we can get a hold of somebody early enough and start spreading the stuff out and structuring between non-qualified, Roth, and traditional – then when that day comes, we're already using that money for the income we need, so we're not paying anything additional. And if we structure it properly, if we get your income into a mixture of non-qualified, Roth, and traditional, then that keeps your taxable income down, and we keep you in a lower tax bracket, and you give up less of it. But i got to get a hold of somebody before they're 70 years old to make that happen. Yeah, you always want to be proactive when it comes to income strategy. And, of course, that's the same in martial arts. You always want to anticipate <laughs> your enemy's next move. And who's the enemy here? The tax man. The tax man. That's right. And this is actually pretty timely because we're coming up on tax season. You know, you know another so. another thing that's a, that's a shame, that's, that's a double-edged sword that just keeps going on with more and more layers. Ironically enough, one of the pluses, I guess, of IRAs is that you can pass it down to the next generation, but the RMD applies to them as well. So if I die at 72 and leave something to my daughter, she's got to start taking RMDs out of it based on her age. But no matter what, it can't just keep on going kicking the can down the road right they the the tax man needs that tax yeah, the revenue good, the good so and the bad passes down you've, to the next you've tight yeah you've tied it up long enough now it's time for for uncle sam to wet his whistle right yeah yeah so you're talking about retired minimum distributions but uh, is that the same with a, a roth ira that's there's no rmds on right? roth and and that's that's pretty uh it's, it's eye-opening it tells you why there are RMDs. It is simply for tax revenue because you don't pay tax on Roth distributions. Therefore, they don't make you take it out. They don't care what you do with it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I mean, is one better than the other, a traditional versus a Roth, or is it just kind of depend on what you're trying to do? I think the best way is to have the right mix of both. Okay. So yeah. that – Yeah, what I was going to say, Sean, is you, you want to – it's not one or the other. It's uh, it's essentially a Roth that you're always trying to get as much money into as possible. But you can't you can't be reckless with that. You've got to do it strategically. So the vision for, for the listeners are you, you, should be, you should have a Roth that you're strategically dumping money into at strategic times and a traditional that you're saving into – with a goal of trying to migrate that money over to the Roth. So it's 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 a bit of a process. But like Jess said, income planning precedes tax planning. And a, a, lot, the, a lot of the reason that people don't get effective tax planning is because they haven't done income planning. So those two things go hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And, you know, even to carry that a, next, a further step, the best way is to set yourself up to where you've got enough non-qualified savings so that your first year or maybe even two or three years out of 
a paycheck, you live off your savings, so you're not generating any income. Therefore, you have no tax liability, and that's when you start shoving things over to a Roth. Okay. And obviously, that's going to be very different for each person, depending on how much money they have, how much they need to live and everything. So one quick question before we go to break. There, obviously, with a 401k, I think uh, is, that's kind of managed by your employer, but who manages an IRA? It depends. The employer doesn't really manage it. They, they farm that out to somebody else in most circumstances. In a, a traditional, not traditional IRA, but your typical IRA is either, you know, Fidelity or wherever. It's at some, it's at some big box, but there is another way to do it. And I think that's what you're alluding to that we'll probably get to here in the next segment. Okay. But just real, real quick, I mean, is this, is this controlled by another financial institution or does it kind of depend on, on where you get the IRA set up? Yeah. Most, uh, most people, honestly, uh, there's no management of their IRA. Um, <laughs> you know, they're just, uh, kind of going with the flow but okay most people manage their ira accounts th- themselves in, in 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 terms of of the mainstream stock brokerage you know that, that okay. they trade it themselves all right well i think that answers my question if you folks listening out there want to learn more go to noblecapital.com you can attend one of our retirement blueprint dinners by clicking on retirement dinners on the home page and you can rsvp right there when we get back we're going to talk about the grandmaster's ancient secret to income planning. Hold on, we'll be right back. And now, back to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, we're exploring the purposes and characteristics of IRAs, and we're about to reveal to you an ancient secret about controlling your IRA. So in the previous segment, we talked a little bit about the the tax strategy behind having different uh, types of IRAs and how you can use them and some of the characteristics of them. But let's let's give them the gold. What what is the ancient secret behind IRAs? So I think you're referring to a self-directed IRA, which is a has a big misconception amongst a lot of people. I'll have uh, clients come in and I'll say, have you, have you heard of a self-directed IRA? And they say, yeah, I've got one. I'm like, great. What do you have it invested in? And what they mean is they have a Fidelity account or an Edward Jones account or maybe an E-Trade account where they're not paying somebody to manage it, but they are choosing which stocks or investments to uh, to invest in. And they're thinking that's a self-directed IRA. And that's that's kind of self-directed, but that's not what a self-directed IRA is. So a self-directed IRA literally splits up the custodian from the investor. Um, the IRS says that we're too irresponsible to be in charge uh, directly of our retirement accounts. Boy, that's the case with me for sure. <laughs> well, they don't want you to take a big chunk of it and go to Vegas and try to inflate it and then end up wiping it out. Right. Also, somebody's yeah. got to report to the IRS what's going on with it. Um, so if you have, for instance, an IRA over at, I'm just going to use Fidelity again, they're really serving two roles. They're the custodian of the account, and they're the people that are in charge of either investing your money or giving you a list of things that you can invest in. That does not have to be the same person. So a self-directed IRA is literally opening a bank account with one of the 150 or so institutions across the country that are performing the service. You open an account, it gets classified as an IRA. They are now the custodian. They do all the reporting to the IRS, and now you can choose almost anything that you want to invest it in. I used to think there was a list that the IRS said that you could use for your self-directed IRA. It turns out there's a list of what you can't, and it's only two items. So it's either so, you cannot invest in collectibles and art. They don't want you to say you've got a million dollars worth of something, and then all of a sudden when it's time to pay tax, it's not worth a million dollars anymore. Um, and you can't use your qualified position to improve your non-qualified position. 
So you're saying my baseball card collection is useless for my retirement? It's not useless, and it's not useless for retirement, but it's useless as it pertains to an IRA. Yeah, that's good. It's So, yeah, this concept of self-directing, self-directing your IRA, as Jess said, it's absolutely not doesn't mean you're trading stock in your IRA. It's, it's uh, you know, the there's almost a trick, I think, by some of the stock, the, the brokerages that, that wanted to kind of trick you into yeah, thinking that the, that's the self-directed self IRAs are getting popular, so they're, they're, they're yeah. making something that appears to be that way, and then you, you're patting yourself on the back thinking you've, you've, you've yeah. hopped on the trend. Yeah, I'm self-directing my IRA. What are you talking about, yeah. Jess? So basically the difference is that there's, a, there's still a limited number of options if you're on E-Trade or something like that using your IRA as compared to a true self-directed IRA. That's exactly right. That's so right. for instance, with a self-directed IRA, I can take money from my IRA and buy a rent house and rent it out. The rent goes back into my IRA. That's a self-directed IRA. That's not something I can do on E-Trade or Fidelity. That's right. Real estate's a big category. It opens you up to basically the alt-world alternative investments that you can't get on a, a platform like Ameritrade or Schwab or Fidelity, Okay, but you can get through a, self, a true self-directed IRA. So when you start talking about alternatives, you're talking about limited partnerships, REITs, uh, funds, and other asset classes that, that that'll open you up to because there's still some great investments and some great yields out there for investors. But uh, a platform or a custodian, like a, a big stock brokerage house, isn't gonna isn't gonna be able to oversee those or hold those assets in custody. So at Noble and you know this takes me back almost 18 years when when I when I founded uh, Streamline Funding first, which is our our private lending company and that from the very beginning when we were seeking investors and capital for for lending capital uh self-directed IRAs were were very popular. They were really becoming a kind of a a mainstream uh, offering to to retirees and, and high net worth clients that wanted to be able to invest their IRAs, their retirement accounts in real estate and more specifically private lending. So today, fast forward 18 years, we have almost $200 million under management and over half of that, excuse me, over half of those assets are retirement accounts yeah. through self-directed IRAs. Well over half. And it's real. It's really cool because it gives the the clients the opportunity to to defer to t- grow that that yield tax deferred. They don't instead of taking income or with a Roth or with a Roth tax free. So it gives you some more flexibility. And you know, for for the listeners, if if that's something you're interested in, you know, Jess can show you how to earn six to nine percent interest on in your retirement accounts by investing in private lending in, in Texas residential real estate. In a very, very safe, uh, I, that's, for me, that's my market alternative. It's, a, there's, it's not guaranteed, of course, but it's extremely uh, low risk relative to any of, the, any of the other conventional stuff that you would invest in. Yeah, so you say market alternative. When we're talking about these IRAs, like on E-Trade and, and Fidelity and stuff like that, a lot of those products that you invest in are tied to the market, correct? Yeah, almost exclusively. Almost everything, mm-hmm. right? So you're basically like, okay, well, here's your choice of stocks, basically. Right. And when you're talking about alternative investments, that kind of opens you up to it's, a lot of other things, things, it sounds like. And I, and I shy away from the, the word alternative a lot. 
I go back and forth on that because it has a, a sometimes a connotation. It's like, oh, alternative. Yeah. I, I don't know about that. It's, it's kind of weird, but I mean, it literally means all, the alternative to the mainstream stuff that we've been brainwashed to think an investment equals the stock market, and it just absolutely does not. Yeah, kind of backtrack into when we were talking about four hundred one k's. You know, for our listeners, when which I'm, I know many of them of, of you out there have have four hundred one k's you've been contributing to, maybe old ones, uh, maybe current four hundred one k's. Eventually, it's it's likely that those are going to be rolled over into a, a an, an IRA at some point. And what happens if you get caught up in what I call herd mentality and you're just kind of floating down the river, then you end up with your money in a, a 401k where Wall Street has control. They, it's it's almost like you they put their beacon on you and they're controlling that you have these six different buckets or, or baskets that you can invest into and guess what it's stock stock or stock right. you know it might or be, it might be mutual funds but it's it's all risk so that there's your options that's where you get to do your shopping then just like everybody else you you just roll it over into an IRA at your stock brokerage house and now you from have one frying pan into the next your options again are stock stock and stock stock so <laughs> So th- this is kind of breaking with the norm a little bit and looking at what other alternatives to stock do we have and that's that's where a self-directed IRA comes in strong. You don't you don't have to move all of your 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 IRA or your retirement accounts over there, but I think for a lot of clients it is appropriate to explore asset classes like real estate for your retirement portfolio and that's one of the things that, that we're proud of around here is we we promote Texas residential real estate as an investment class for, for our clients, and they love it. So earlier, we talked a little bit about flexibility and control in the context of the martial arts. And this sounds, again, like it brings a lot of flexibility and control into your income plan. So earlier, Jess, you mentioned that one of the things the IRS stipulates that you cannot do is use your qualified position to improve your non-qualified position. Can you explain what you mean by that? Sure. So let's say that uh, you get a wild hair and you want to go open a skateboard store. And I've got 500 grand sitting in an IRA that I want to invest. I can put that in a self-directed IRA and I can invest in your business for you. What I can't do is go invest in my own skateboard store. Um, and then start generating income off of that. Um, another popular thing to do with, with self-directed IRAs is rental properties. So let's say I've got a kid that's going to school in College Station, and I don't want to pay any more for rent than I have to. I can't go buy a duplex with my IRA, rent half of it out to somebody else, and let my kid stay in one side because I normally would be writing a check for that. I can buy a duplex and rent both sides out, but I can't benefit from it on the non-qualified side. There's a very specific line there that ERISA um, maintains. Yeah, that that's a whole area of law that if your, your eyes would roll back in your head, ERISA law, which essentially dials in prohibited transactions. The, the bottom line is you, you can't personally benefit from your, your retirement accounts outside of just, just the investments that you've put them in. And there's a lot of room for manipulation. So that, that's why those rules are, are, are so tight. But that's what an advisor is for, uh, you know, keep, keep you on track and compliant. 
and make sure that you're doing your best without violating any type of ERISA laws or compliance. It is, and that's, and that's one of the, I'll pat myself on the back, one of the big uh, benefits of coming to see me is I get very, very creative. We can, we can operate just right up to the edge of the gray area and sometimes even maybe into the gray area. But there are some things that might seem questionable that aren't if they're structured properly, and there are some things that seem pretty straight up that are not and get yourself in a lot of trouble. The last thing you want to do is get caught dealing with the IRS with your pants down. Yeah. The, so self-directed IRAs, uh, w- one of the things for the listeners, too, if, if you're interested in, in learning about those or how they work, just said these are basically banks. Mm-hmm. So the way they make money is they just charge transactional fees in annual account fees. The way we rate these institutions uh, that we promote to our clients is just on fairness and fees and service because that, that's really all they have to offer. So I'm, I'm proud to say that we've worked with our go-to group for over a decade now. We really like them because their fees are fair and their service is great. So we'd be happy to introduce you to them and and show you what it would look like to to allocate into a self-directed IRA and open yourself up to more investment options. And there's there some pretty well-known custodians out there that people come to with us. Sometimes they've already got a self-directed IRA. Usually it's in a REIT somewhere. Um, and when we start showing them the difference in fees from you know what they see on TV versus the people we use, it's it's you know sometimes five or six-fold. It's amazing. And we get great service from these guys. Yeah, and if you folks out there listening want to learn more about this, obviously you can go to noblecapital.com and you can find our contact information right there on the website. Shoot us an email or give us a call if you want to talk to us about this and we'd be happy to meet with you. So break it down for me. I mean, like you went a little bit into to how this works. You were talking about a third party managing it. I mean, what are what are the mechanics? Can I just say Hey, I want to I want to invest this much money in my cousin Chet's hamster rodeo, and then just take that money and, and go invest in whatever I want to, right? Well, the take your money part is is a no no. So you can't touch the the assets, and that that's the uh, that's the concept of a custodian. I see that's going to hold the investment in custody. Uh, Jess said, you know, uh, artwork. Uh, another one is physical possession of gold. I can't buy gold coins and have and physically have custody. Bury them in your backyard. In my IRA, okay, oh, okay. I can do that with my non-qualified money, gotcha. but I can't do that in my IRA. Now I can buy into an ETF or I can buy into, you know, a a, a mutual fund that's that's tied to gold. Mm-hmm. But but there are certain thing, rules about touching the money. You, you you've got to have an arm's length, um, you know, transaction there in in the institution. The self-directed IRA has to have custody of the investment. Exactly, and that's that's what they're there for. They're they're serving that role that the IRS has mandated that, that we have to have the custodian. So they're basically kind of a liaison between the investor and the IRS, right? Pretty much straight up. Yeah. That is, and they they keep you in in check with the rules. They make sure that you don't break the rules and get penalized. You if you know if you withdraw the money before you're fifty nine and a half, there's a ten percent penalty. They're going to help you with your RMD. So yes, they do all of that. Uh, the other thing before we go to break is, you know, when you, when you look at these, these self-directed IRA custodians, they give you a list of all of the types of investments that, that they handle. So it's very transparent what they can do for you and how they do it. So I would encourage the listeners, if you don't, if you, if you're not with the self-directed IRA, reach out and let's look at it. Come talk to me. That's one of my favorite subjects. Well, and 
alternatively, if you want to come to one of our retirement blueprint dinners and learn a little bit more broadly about how we approach retirement income planning, go to noblecapital.com. You can click on retirement dinners right there on the page. We've got a retirement blueprint dinner coming up Tuesday, March 26th at Trulux. So you can RSVP right there on the website. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Talk 1370. Once again, this is the Noble Capital Radio Hour. And we're back. If you just tuned in, we've been talking about the grand master of IRAs, the self-directed IRA. Now, guys, you've given me a lot of kung fu or deep knowledge that I didn't possess before. And I have a feeling that you guys have a lot of experience dealing with the self-directed IRAs. So for our Tales from the Trenches, let's hear from the Grand Masters. I just want to hear a little bit more about maybe some specific cases or, or how we've used self-directed IRAs to help our clients. Well, the biggest use of self-directed IRA here is straight up noble. I mean, that's a, a fantastic opportunity to roll over either your 401k or take an existing IRA or for that matter, a Roth, put it in something super safe and we can do it on an accumulation basis or we can do it to generate income. There are a lot of tricks that I use to satisfy RMDs. You know, if you've got a million dollars sitting over at Fidelity, we can take 400,000 of it, put it here and the interest off of it covers your RMDs for everything and the rest of it just sits there so you don't deplete your principal at all. But as far as tales from the trench, I use that analogy a lot about the, the duplex in College Station because I had a client that came in that had twins and they had purchased a duplex in College Station, and they had the twins living in one side, and they were renting the other side out, um, and just calling that a, an investment. And uh, the guy didn't want to listen to me, so he went on down the road and kept doing it. Whether he got, he got caught, I don't know for sure, uh, but it wouldn't be wouldn't something that I would have recommended. Now, if you're renting out a duplex, you're renting out one side of it, but is it sort of the uh, the two doors thing that? you know, there's basically two separate units, even though you're renting out, technically you're renting it out. That's even not so, I mean, so let's say it's not a duplex, it's just an apartment. You can't, you know, two bedroom apartment and you're renting out one, one bedroom and letting your kid live there for free on the other side. The whole point is you're using your qualified money to improve your current non-qualified position. Got it. So there's no way to sneak around that, huh? Well, there's all kinds of ways to sneak around, but not, not yeah. that are by the rules and we follow the rules here 100%. Yeah, Absolutely. Jaden, what you so, got? So, you know, Sean, when you when you talk about tells from the trenches with self-directed IRAs, the 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 case that really stands out for me is a, a actually a cl- a client who's a a widow who was newly widowed uh, about a year in when we met her for the first time. So we didn't go through that that loss with her, but she came to us after she lost uh, the, the 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 love of her life. And I've got to tell you, he he left her in in really good shape. And there was a large Roth IRA that that he passed on to her, and it was it was it was substantial. And he was a trader; he had the money in the stock market. So when we analyzed everything, and, and I started asking her about what she thought about the stock market. She made it clear that she wouldn't have nothing to do with, with the stock market. She was very nervous about having her her money in the, in the market. And with good cause, too. Absolutely. 
but at the same time, uh, she, she, she needed to utilize that account to generate income. But another requirement she put on us is she wants to also pass that Roth on to her, her two daughters. So here's the puzzle. I've, I've got a big Roth account. I don't want to put it in the stock market. And I, I need income off of it, but I also want to take the principal and preserve it and pass it on to my daughters. And we have the per- perfect solution for that. So we, we took the Roth, which, by the way, she had sitting in cash. That, that's how afraid <laughs> she was of the market. We transferred it over to a self-directed IRA and set it up for her in, in a Roth. And then she put it in the private lending program with, with Noble Capital. And, and we've been able to send her upwards of $40,000 a year now for three years in income off of this account. And we're not, we're leaving the principal alone and she's going to honor her, her late husband's wishes and, and pass this on to her daughters so that they will inherit a tax-free Roth. So you talk about hitting the target that, that was a bullseye. Yeah. Big time. I like it. I love it. Yeah. And you, you were talking about, she had it sitting in cash. So that's what we call, Losing your money safely. Boom. You got it. Right? Yep. See? One of my top three favorite Jaden quotes. Uh, the student becomes the master. <laughs> no, not quite. But <laughs> Well, again, you guys may be the masters, and I may be the humble student. But I want you to put your money where your mouth is. This is the time where my esteemed co-hosts have to come up with a phrase related to this week's episode, and I get to decide how they have to deliver it. So here's what I do. Every week, I seal the guidelines for the game in the envelope, and I open it on air so they never know what to expect. If I stump them this week, they have to refer to me as sensei for the next month. I might just do that anyway just for fun. Yeah, you go, that, you're, that's you're your welcome to. I would definitely eat it up. All right. Sensei Sean. All right, guys, let's open up the envelope and see what's in here. If not, though, you're grasshopper. Yes. I'm, I'm grasshopper anyway. Okay. In any number of words, give me your best martial arts analogy to sum up today's episode. So again, sum up today's episode, any number of words, but you have to use your best martial arts analogy. Let's see what you come up with. Okay, let's do it. While the guys are racking their brains trying to put this one together... I just want to remind you that you can learn more about us at noblecapital.com. Check us out on Facebook at Noble Capital, on Instagram at Noble Capital Radio, and you can download every episode of the Noble Capital Radio Hour wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, that's your time, so... Let's see what the masters have for us on today's episode. But I'm going to let Jaden go first this time because I've been stealing it the past few times. Are you sure? I think so. Are you over there still figuring? No, I got it. It's coming right up here hot off the press. You ready for this? Yeah, let's hear it. Get ready to drop the mic. All right. (laughs) Take a pair of nunchucks to your RMD. Nice. I like it. Crush it. Just crush that RMD. You got me. I might as well not even say anything. 
Yeah. Like, you might as well just leave the room, Jess. I don't know how you can top that, but if you want to, you can go ahead and give it a try. Anyway. All right. So you need to come see me if you want to unleash some real ninja moves with your retirement income. There you go. I think I've heard that ninja moves phrase before. I'm not <laughs> sure where I've heard it at, but we'll just, uh, you know, kind of leave it at that. No, those were both great, guys. I think they embody the the theme. The essence of, a, of our show today. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm always getting really great information from you guys whenever I sit down and record a new episode with you. And again, you know, I strive to be a master as well. So even though I'm the grasshopper, I'm, you know, really taking in a lot of information. And I hope you folks out there listening to the show are taking in a lot of information too. And you can always come see us, give us a call or shoot us an email. And we're happy to sit down and talk to you if you have any specific questions. So what do you think about my, uh, my skateboard idea, man? You want to open a skateboard shop? Man, I think we should. I, I would love that. Harley's, but, Harley's and skateboards side by side. But that has to be obviously separate from our retirement plan, right? Because that's not... Yeah, we, we'll put we it into your retirement plan. That's your income. Oh, okay. Nice. Did you bring sake for the after the show here? Today? I didn't. I, my allergies are so bad. I just oh, couldn't on. do it. Dude, it's it's Sunday morning. <laughs> I don't drink before noon. This is true. So again, you guys both did great. I'll have to review the tape to see who gets forever enshrined on the wall of wisdom. I'll give it to him, man. Right Better known as Instagram. Jess, you won last week, so you you're up there. But again, that is the Noble Capital Radio Hour for this week. I'm Jaden. I'm Jess. I'm Sean. And remember, life is short. Plan to enjoy it. We'll see you back here next week. All opinions expressed by the speakers on this radio program are solely the opinions of those speakers and do not reflect the opinions of Noble Capital, Acute Financial, Streamline Funding, or their respective affiliates. Each speaker's opinions are based upon information the speakers believe to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Each speaker's statements and opinions are subject to change without notice. The information discussed on this radio program is provided for general informational purposes only, does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you, and should not be construed as investment, legal, tax, or other advice on any subject matter. The information discussed in this radio program is not intended and should not be viewed or construed as a recommendation, advice, offer, or inducement to buy, sell, or hold securities, insurance products, or any other financial products. Before acting on any information discussed in this radio program, you should seek appropriate financial, investment, and other professional advice based on your particular facts and circumstances. Current or past performance is not indicative of future results. You should be aware of the real risk of loss in following any strategy or investment discussed in this radio program. No outcome or profit is guaranteed. Any transmission of information through this program is provided on a non-confidential basis and does not create Create an advisor-client relationship between you or anyone of Noble Capital, Acute Financial, or Streamline Funding. Some information provided in this program may reference other service providers, including websites operated and maintained by third parties. Such information is included solely as a convenience to you, and the provision of such information does not imply a responsibility for such third-party information or an endorsement of the linked site, its operator, or its contents. Acute Financial and Streamline Funding are both wholly owned subsidiaries of Noble Capital. Noble Capital, Acute Financial, Streamline Funding, and or their respective affiliates and principals, which may include the speakers and guests featured on this radio program, may receive compensation from the sale of financial products featured in this program. Reproduction, distribution, republication, and or retransmission of any portion of this program is strictly prohibited without the prior written permission of Acute Financial, Noble Capital, and Streamline Funding.